This is another episode of Space Flicks, a podcast where we discuss a movie and decide whether it's worth the cost of beaming out to a lonely astronaut in space. Uh, today we'll be talking about the latest and final uh, episode of the Star Wars Nothing ever Skywalker. Ends. Well, it's supposedly the last installment in the Skywalker saga, mm-hmm. as they're calling it. Mm-hmm. A trilogy of trilogies. Yes. Um, Star Wars The, the Rise, Rise of Skywalker. Of Skywalker. Directed by J.J. Abrams, starring Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac. Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Yes. Yep. That's uh, Ian McDermott. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, so Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill. Surprise. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I think we're going to try to make this one kind of quick because I think Adam doesn't even really want to talk about this movie that much. Well, okay, so there's two things. Obviously, first, for our astronaut in the far reaches of space, I mean, on one hand, like, let's just sort of cut to the chase. If we don't send him this movie, mm-hmm. is he going to fire us? <laughs> well, it'll take him a long time to to. To get that. To figure out that yeah. we re- withheld it from him. Um, and he'll be like, wait, you sent me what instead? Well, well you know, it's this is, this is an interesting question. There's there's certain event movies that we, we've not really shared this with our listeners, but I think there's certain event movies that we are just obligated to beam up no matter right. what. Because the astronaut wants to see them regardless of whether we feel they're worth sending. So as an example of like another sort of event movie that uh-huh. we have not talked about yet, but we'll probably make time soon. It's like we haven't talked about like the Irishman. Uh-huh. Right. It's uh-huh. like, you're telling me that Scorsese made another movie with De Niro and Pesci and Pacino and you didn't send it. You know what right, I mean? Like, right. I feel like, I feel like we might have our space flicks license revoked. Well, it's what if well, they take away the upload machine? The, mis- the the key information there is that our astronaut is a huge Scorsese fan. Most people we never shared that's that true. Before. Is he? <laughs> we actually, you know, what we really need? We need some sort of exit survey from our astronaut. Mm-hmm. We need for him to no, say. No, we've like, talked. We've covered this. He has no way of sending us feedback. I know. They, like they have they, NASA really like screwed the pooch here. Yeah. And when they sent him up into space, they're like. Dave, we've got it all set up for you. We've got a way to send you like the, you know, you're going to be in space for years. And so we've got a way to send you like the most current pop culture from the planet Earth. And as they're like shutting the door, he's like, how do I send messages back? They're like, you can't click, right? Like, um, and so. <laughs> or he's like, he's like, I haven't told you what kind of movies I like. Click. <laughs> um, he's like, right. We he's just like, got I to really got him saying the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so he'll, he'll be in for a treat next week. Well, I don't know. Um, Maybe. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Uh, so, so I don't, but, but, but at the end of the episode, when we say whether we're going to beam it up or not, we're, we're excluding that the, the special cases, right? So, that's true. so yeah, just, yeah. so basically this is a caveat. Sometimes we'll say we're not going to beam a movie up right. and then we'll, and then we'll stop recording and right. we'll be like, all right, we got to beam this one up anyway. Cause it's on the, it's on the, it's on the mandatory list of must beam up. Right. regardless of quality yeah somehow our astronaut will figure out a way to slip us like a carton of space cigarettes and we yeah. will give him the goods and yes i think it's fair that the star wars movie franchise particularly these main the the, the numbered episodes yeah are big enough they're especially the last one 
You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but really all of them. Like if we'd been doing space flicks since, yeah. let's say, the prequels. Yeah. When it, you know when the universe was already so huge that there's conventions around it, yeah. and people dress up in costume and get and get married and have Star Wars themed weddings and all those things. Right. It's a big enough franchise that it gets beamed up. Same as you know the Lord of the Rings movies would be. The Harry Potter movies probably would be. I mean, more. I think, frankly, more so than any of those. Yeah, right? yeah. This Star a, Wars is the biggest of, yep. of all the things I just said. Yep. So <clears throat> that's quite a preamble. Uh, but we're. But at the end of this episode, we're going to give you our honest opinion of whether it deserves to be beamed up or not. Okay. Spoiler alert, Adam. <laughs> no, don't spoil it. Well, let's get <laughs> I, well, to the I kind of already spoiled. Okay, maybe, um, maybe the listener does. Let's go. Let's go right into uh, uh, expectations and first impressions. So, okay, expectations. I'll go first. Yeah, I was not optimistic for this movie. Yeah. Um. Why? Uh. Because I. Well. Um. I already. I think knew going in that. There was a sense of it being rushed, like like Colin okay. Colin Trevorrow was on board, yeah, and then they let him Got go. Booted, right? They they gave him the boot like around when Last Jedi was coming out. Is that right? I think that's. I right. feel like it was toward it was close to when Last Jedi was coming out. Actually, I think Disney. Uh, I think like well, Lucasfilm, I should say, was really confident in Last Jedi because even before it came out, they. They announced Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Yep, and they were like, "This movie is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a massive hit." Right. Uh, Ryan Johnson is our guy. Yeah. And around that same time, Book of Henry came out, and yes. they were like, "Colin it- Trevorrow is out of here." Right. Right. Um, now that doesn't really have that much bearing on this movie, but I think I was aware that J.J. Abrams was brought on kind of as a. I I felt like it was like there was a little bit of panic going we, on yeah we need a soft landing like colin like trevorrow's not our guy yeah who the heck are we gonna get yeah AJJ did a great job with force awakens let's bring him back right but what but what felt even from the beginning a little off about that to me was like they're bringing him back based on how strong he started the thing Right, but they just got rid of the guy who was supposed to end the thing, who'd probably been putting the most thought into put, how it should end. Been thinking about it for end. years, probably. Yeah. yeah, And I don't know that J.J. Abrams necessarily. I don't know that he sort of entered this whole um, universe with the intention of ending it. Right. Uh, so that that felt a little iffy to me. Yeah. Um, Can we just of course, take a minute to think about how insane it is that they were going to give it to Colin Trevorrow, like? They were going to take a movie that they needed to make a billion dollars. Well, he'd done Jurassic World. By then, he had done yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, he had. Okay, oh, okay. Yep. I, in my mind, yep. they gave it to him off of safety, not guaranteed. No, no. So, I mean, I think Colin Trevorrow was, I mean, it was still a big risk. Yeah. But there was there was a definite logic to but that But he had put because, major points because on the he, board. Because he okay, had okay. this indie cred from safety, not guaranteed, which... Right. Which that's kind of been a trend the last few years yeah. to get an indie director, give them a massive big budget movie, and then they bring you know they bring their indie sensibilities where it's like a little more unique, right. it has a little bit more of a distinctive voice, yeah, and audiences like really respond to that. So he had done Safety Not Guaranteed, but also you and can then change- he did Jurassic World, which was sort of made him like a proven. It's like oh, he can handle a giant, huge, big budget thing, and it'll make a billion dollars, right? And and he loves Star Wars, and it'll be good. He's right. he's he's a great choice and then 
Um, yeah, and then it turns out that like two data points are not really enough, right? You know, um, but no, I don't. I, or maybe I, they I don't are think it's as crazy, feet, right? I don't think it's as crazy, but I will say of the three directors they originally lined up, Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams certainly feel like they were more assured things than Colin right. Trevorrow. Yeah, yeah. So, so it is nuts in that sense that they like they picked the most wild card, the biggest wild card to close everything out. Right. But again, I mean, he'd done Jurassic World. That's that movie was a massive hit. Right. But of course, that movie also had it, it was similar to Force Awakens yeah, in the sense the that it was the it was the return of a beloved franchise after a very long period. Right. Right. And which explains also why it did massive numbers, just like Force Awakens. Yep. And then the sequel to that movie did a little bit less, just like the sequel to Force Awakens. Right. Uh, so anyway, I, I I don't know. And I think also we've talked, I mean, I think we both have a certain amount of admiration for J.J. Abrams. I certainly do. I don't know if actually yeah, if you have any. No, admir- he's done a uh, lot I, of things that I like. I have a high opinion of him in terms of what he's like capable of, but he definitely seems like hit or miss. Like he did, and and, and his biggest successes have been basically starting things like um, yeah like force awakens i thought i really loved yep. aside from it being very much uh a little perhaps too derivative of of a new hope right but um but i, I thought it was a, a really fun but you, you had know, a good time at movie. the movies and and, right? and and i remember like after coming out of that movie i think we saw it with our family Maybe. and and i just you know it was really fun to talk about like who do you think ray's parents are like what do you think right. is going to happen with kylo ren like it it was just a really it got in your head and 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 it brought back that love of like oh this this galaxy far far away it's this rich world i love thinking about it i love i love talking about it right so i think that, that movie was great he also did a great job with the uh star trek reboot yep but then but just, then he did the next Star Trek movie, and that was, you know, yeah. not so but good. But it's like he can set up – he's really expert at setting up these worlds that you just want to live in, mm-hmm. right? Whether that is Lost or whether that is the first 30 minutes of Super 8 or whether that is – I never watched the TV show Alias, so I can't really speak to that. Me neither. But, um, but like – or whether that's The Force Awakens, it's like these are all like, yes, I just want to hang out in these worlds. Mm-hmm. And the problem is um, I think with all of these things, the reputation he has – and this is not a new insight – is that um, he sets up all these little sort of mysteries and then like doesn't know how to pay them off, right? And like sets up all these like plot points, sets them in motion and doesn't know how to conclude them, Mm -hmm. right? And again, to your earlier point, like I have liked all the things I listed as far as like things that J.J. Abrams came up with, Mm -hmm. right? I was like, these are cool ideas. These are cool worlds. I like these characters. The characters are great, right? Or even like his Star Trek reimagining, like his way of even just casting mm-hmm. right like he's got a great eye for cat for actors he knows how to put them in roles that like make them shine right like so for example i would say a character like poe dameron in the first 10 minutes of force awakens he has a great intro that has character. a great intro right yeah. like yeah. um and probably the rest of the series like doesn't quite know how to pay him off no. right no. um but it's just sort of like if I had been Oscar Isaac at that time, I would have been like, oh, this is exciting. Like I have a really like fun and funny character yeah, out uh, of the gate, right? Like, it makes me a little sad to think about some of the actors, how excited they must have been in the beginning versus right. versus how their characters kind of 
played out over the right. course of the trilogy. But I think that in in this regard, this is where like it's sort of um it's sort of like a sugar high, like the all the JJ Abrams worlds, right? Mm-hmm. You get so excited, there's like this They get ad- you they get you stoked. Right? There's this initial hit of like adrenaline and excitement. And then like as the thing unfolds and you realize like it's not going to pay off mm-hmm. these things in in a satisfying way. It like you just leave with this really sort of like empty calorie kind of feeling and you're like, oh, this wasn't at all. I, I thought this was going to be so cool and it just wasn't. And so, again, like I have liked all these things that J.B. Abrams has, has done. I just have never quite been in love with the way he finished it. And my opinion doesn't, you know, matter much in the great scheme of things, except I get to choose if we upload the thing to the astronaut. <laughs> except we already revealed at the start that. This is a mystery. <laughs> we are we are clinging um, to mystery. Uh, so the, the um, yeah. So getting on to first impressions. Well, so you didn't have high hopes for it. I, I didn't have high hopes, but I I um, I shouldn't say I I I I wasn't super optimistic, but I wasn't like convinced it was going to be terrible. I thought there was a chance it was going to be really solid. Um, yeah. But uh, I would say I would say if I had to bet, I would I would have bet on it being kind of underwhelming. Yeah. What about you? What were your expectations? So this is like walking into the theater. What are my yeah. expectations? Yeah. Um, I really, really wanted to love it. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, like, you always want to love something because uh, I really like these characters. I love the way that the Last Jedi sort of set everything up for the finale, <clears throat> right? Um, meaning the growth that the characters had and the relationships they had at the end of that movie. I love this world, like I mentioned. Mm -hmm. And so I really wanted to love it. That being said, the, put it this way. Didn't expect to. I, I, I have a very simple sort of like expectation setting game that I've arrived at, which is if the trailer is, can't get me excited. Mm -hmm. I have low hopes for the movie. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny you say that, not to not to get too sidetracked on trailers, but I felt I felt like the Force Awakens had a great trailer. Yes, it, it got me super excited for the movie. Totally agree. I feel like the Last Jedi had a pretty garbage trailer. I don't even remember it. It it was I, I just remember not being excited for it at all. Okay, except that when the movie came out, it got like really great reviews. Okay, and I was like, oh, okay, so it's great. But the trailer just didn't. Other than like Luke saying it's time for the Jedi to end, which was yeah. this very provocative oh, thing to hear. And he's like, this is not going to go, or this is not yeah, going to end how you yeah. think it will or something like that. Yeah. But um, I remember liking all that. There were like a couple cool shots, you know, where there was like the, there was like the, the what do you call them? The little the ski things on, yeah, on yeah. crate. The mono ski. up the red yeah, yeah. sand. And, and there was like the crystal wolf thing. Yeah. Porgs. But, but for the most part, I remember it looking kind of dull. Uh-huh. It didn't seem to, and it just, it seemed to be lacking in like really excite, exciting things. The Force Awakens trailer just seemed like it was jam-packed. Shot out of a cannon, yeah. yeah so which exciting. it was. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it kind of makes sense now that I've seen all of the movies. Like Last Jedi is actually a much more contemplative movie. It's, yep. it's not as action-packed. Yep. So they maybe didn't have as much just like raw material to make an action-packed trailer with. Right, or some of the most exciting things in the movie are purposely sort of like secrets. Yeah, yeah. Like they don't want you um, to know about it going But on. anyway, I guess the only reason I went on that tangent was I I felt like from The Last Jedi, I was sort of not that 
swayed by the trailer for this movie. Yeah. I was like, the trailer could be great or it could be crappy. It seems to not be very correlated with how good the movie is. Yeah, put it this way. Like, I'm not saying that this is like an ironclad rule. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's uh, a simple system, like you said. But it's like you off. I'm often surprised at how it's like, oh, yeah, the trailer couldn't get me beyond like a certain level of excitement. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, the movie couldn't get me at any higher level than the trailer could. So that's it. Right. Like that's your ceiling. Would you say I mean, reviews must influence your expectations too a little bit. I yeah. remember you said to me before you were like, have you seen the reviews <laughs> right. for this movie? So I, yeah, so I don't, I try not to read the reviews. Right, but you just look at sort of the I was, aggregates. I was like, are people liking this movie? Uh-huh. Right, and it was sort of like, I was actually shocked that it was, like, again, uh, sort of, uh, you per- you particularly hate this metric, but like the Rotten Tomatoes score being like yeah. in the rotten territory, I was just sort of like, I was not expect. I would have totally accepted like, you know, like, cause and fr- Rotten Tomatoes fresh is 60%. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's like, I could totally have seen a world where it's like, it's a 71. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, okay, like it's, you know, people don't, aren't loving it, but it's right. good. Right? right. And that was sort of like, I would have been totally fine with that. Like, so what actually was it? What it was, was like, it? I think, I don't know like where it's, or something? it's like 55 or something like that right now. Yeah. Um, and so I was like very surprised by that. Cause I was like, Disney, has a pretty big vested interest in getting this movie to like fresh territory. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's a big deal if a movie can't crack that threshold because lots of, because all the fence sitters Mm -hmm. are like, eh, I'll skip it. Right. Like, um, especially when you're talking about hundreds of reviews, right? Right. Because what you're basically saying is there's like 200 plus reviews for this movie on that website and it's like, man, and almost like, half of them, almost say, it's half of them say it's not good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so that was the thing that I was like kind of shocked by when we were going in. And so in that regard, like I wanted to love it and I was like, maybe I'll be part of the half that likes it. Mm-hmm. Right. But that being said, like I didn't I didn't have like the highest hopes. Well, I'll tell you, I think I I think I have a little bit of immunity to that or I had, I should say, a little bit of immunity to that with this movie because my feeling was, and this and this is another thing I didn't really say as far as my low expectations, but I knew that the setup that Ryan Johnson, like I think Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams are so different mm-hmm. in the kind of films that they make that where The Last Jedi took the story mm-hmm. is like not a direction. It's that like J.J. Abrams, irreconcilable. Yeah, like J.J. Yeah. Abrams could not provide a satisfying conclusion to that story. So in my mind, it was like best case scenario. He, he, he does a a really sharp turn, Mm -hmm. but, but figures out a way to do it in a way that's like surprising and, and like satisfying in a way that you weren't expecting, you know? Um, but seeing like all these, all, all the, the, the very mixed reviews was not at all surprising. It was very, predictable to me because like right. I was like there's a huge number of people and and many film critics who loved the last jedi mm-hmm. and even if jj abrams manages to make actually like an objectively not that there's such a thing as an objectively good movie but let's say a movie that by most standards would be considered good right. but it's like still a letdown from what you were expecting from the last jedi i could mm-hmm. see that sort of bleeding into people's in like perception right. of the movie 
And so that a lot of people would just be like, this movie totally squanders all these opportunities or whatever. Right. And, and I was sort of like willing to give the movie the benefit of the doubt of thinking like maybe it's getting, maybe a lot of people are disliking it just because it's not, it's not what they were hoping for. Yeah. But it's something else and maybe give it time and pe- and it will be remembered differently. You know, that kind of thing. Right. Um, and I, And to be fair, I might be in that camp. Right. Yeah. I just liked Give it some time. I just liked. Well, it's and also like I just liked The Last Jedi. Right. I liked the direction that it was taking the franchise. It was irreconcilable with sort of where J.J. Abrams wanted to take the franchise. Mm-hmm. And it's like and he just made the movie he wanted to see. And it wasn't the movie that I wanted to see. And it's like, you know, tough beans, Adam. Right. Yeah. Like you sometimes don't get everything you want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, OK. So um, we we are definitely not going to be through this episode as quickly as I thought. And that's fine. Okay. <laughs> um, cause we're still on expectations and, well, and, uh, first impressions. Well, it's okay. Cause the best part of the movie's part will be absent. No, 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 no. I'm, I, I actually, I was actually just going to say, um, to me, this is a little bit of a teaser for where our conversation will go. For me, the most important, and you know, kind of what I'm going to say, the most important part of this trilogy mm-hmm is something that I feel like does play out consistently from force awakens to this movie. Uh Like there's a thread that I find works, um, and, and did not require massive, um, like deviations from the, like, I feel like JJ Abrams, Ryan Johnson, and then JJ Abrams again Mm -hmm. did manage to, to, to tell a consistent story in one, along one thread. And that's the one I care the most about. Okay. And so we'll get to that uh, later on, like I said, in spoilers. Yep. But but I think there's lots of other problems around that thread okay. that are very jarring from one movie to the next. But the one thread, to me, holds up. Okay. So anyway, we'll get to that. Um, anybody who has seen the movies can surely speculate what I'm referring to anyway, but yeah. I'll just treat it as a as a subject to revisit in spoilers. Um, let's, let's just brief quickly go over first impressions. Yeah. Why don't you go first? Cause it was pretty strong. Yeah. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like it. You, you turned to me and said, I really didn't like it. <laughs> uh, which, and I was like, Oh, Oh, you really didn't like it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you kind of hated it. What, what, what else is there to say about it other than what you've already said, which is that you really liked the last Jedi. This totally didn't do. Okay. Um, so as far as the things that didn't work for me, uh, I felt almost everything, right? Sure. Um, but that's not like, that's not helpful sort of conversation, (laughs) right? What didn't you like about it? Nothing. I liked nothing about it. Um, so I, I felt I found the just uh, like going from like pro, in some ways like the least important aspects to the most important aspects, right? I found the plot to be overly meandering, meandering, confusing, yeah. nonsensical, mm-hmm. right? Too many MacGuffins, wayfinders, and daggers, and secret rooms, and yeah, a, like, lot, a lot of kind of noise, right? And it's just like none of this stuff has we've we are literally being introduced to all of this stuff for the first time in this movie. And mm-hmm. we don't know why. Mm-hmm. And we're just chasing like MacGuffins around the galaxy to ultimately end up in like Mordor. Right. <laughs> and, uh-huh. um, 
like why and why is and okay so there's like that Vormir and so then there's yeah and and so then there's uh like and then we end up in Mordor Vormir and I don't know why like I don't know how the bad guy is the bad guy I don't know why he wants what he wants Mm -hmm. I don't know what nobody has a relationship with this person there's 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 a there's a ton of unexplained Aspects. Like literally no character in this movie has a pre-existing relationship with Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And like, but we're supposed to have like deep emotions about him and like his badness. And then like, I just felt all these relationships that we'd set up for two movies, like the relationship, but with one notable exception, which is, I think the thread that you're talking about, but like the relationship between like, Finn and Ray is like unexplored. The relationship between like BB eight and Ray or BB eight and Poe is like unexplored. The relationship between Finn and Poe is unexplored largely. You know what I mean? Like just like all these characters, all that they're distracted the entire time by like a treasure hunt and they don't get to have any like moments with each other, which is like the reason we enjoy these movies is watching these characters interact with one another. Like, I was just rewatching Return of the Jedi the other day because I missed feeling mm-hmm. good about Star Wars. And like there's a little moment where uh, there's two moments where Luke is rescuing Han Solo from Jabba the Hutt's like fortress. Yep. And early like Luke gets uh, kind of caught uh, after killing the Rancor and he runs into Han Solo and they're both being sort of like dragged before Jabba and Han says how we doing? And Luke says, same as always. And Han says that bad, huh? (laughs) Right. And it's, and so it's like, there's that. And then later Luke says, I grew up around here, you know, and Han says, you're going to die here, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it's just like all these little things that reflect like this history of their relationship and sort of like the, like the dynamic that they have and just sort of is this charming relationship that we've grown to love over the past several movies and like in this movie, I felt like they were all like largely meeting each other for the first time or like not even really interacting with each other in a way that was meaningful to me. So like, OK, so I didn't get the plot. I didn't get the interactions between the characters. Right. And then um, the emotional moments just didn't work on me either. Yeah. Right. Where it's like a memory of Han Solo, the death of Princess Leia. Right. Those things just felt like sort of they were meant to evoke tears and they didn't. And the one thing that would have made me cry, the death of that Wookiee <laughs> didn't come to pass. Right. Adam, we're not in spoilers yet. OK. So at any rate, <laughs> um, so it just yeah. And I, w- I could keep going, but I won't. But it's just sort of like all I just felt like all the things that were supposed to work just largely didn't. Yeah, me. I think so. We talked, you know of course, as we always do at length about the movie after seeing the movie, just standing out in the parking lot talking. Yep. And I don't really, I mean, I haven't, I haven't like taken the time to really um, provide concrete examples or even validate that, that this impression I have is accurate. Cause I could be totally wrong. Like I, I might not be able to back this up, but, but when we were talking about it, the sense I had was that you were raising all of these objections that I felt maybe to a lesser degree, but still to some degree 
you could raise a lot of these objections about other Star Wars movies, but that what this movie, but that, and I think I said this at the time, like you forgive these things if there's some really great stuff that sort of, that sort of like covers it all up, you know? Sure. And I, and so hearing you, I was like, this movie didn't have any great stuff in it for Adam. So all he can see is all this, is all this crap. Yeah. In fact, like as a, as like a counter, as a sort of um, an example of your point is I remember watching the Phantom Menace, like whatever, close to 20 years ago or whenever Mm -hmm. that movie came out. And that movie's not, 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 very good. Good, not good, right? Yeah. But I remember walking out of the theater still feeling exhilarated because yeah. the lightsaber fight between Darth Maul, Darth Maul, and yep. the two Jedi is like a pretty dope lightsaber fight, <laughs> right? And it just sort of like, and yeah. it was new. It was, it was, it was, yeah. it was like, it was like a step change in the choreography of lightsaber fights because the the most, um, the the the, the most climactic lightsaber battle till then had probably been Luke, Luke and Darth, Darth Vader, right? Yeah, yeah. Which if you watch that today, it's a pretty like is goofy. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's like, it's like not as good as the sword fight in princess bride. Right. Which is also goofy. So super goofy. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and yeah. And, and so like phantom menace to kind of, yeah, to kind of like, uh, to add to what you're saying, that was just, a they, they stepped it up like big time. He had, the, right. he had the, dual lightsaber it was two on one right and there was just way more like spinning and jumping and 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 it was faster it was faster paced and more exciting yeah yeah yeah. and so i think to your point that was a movie that like i think largely i was sort of uh incredulous right that i was like what is going on in this movie but Mm -hmm. then at the end i was just like yep that was fun right like that was a great way to end this thing right And and even in this movie, when we're getting to the big finale and we all know when it is and we all know what's like mm-hmm. happening, like I just I found myself like just not satisfied with yeah. like all of the various things that happen in the finale that are purposely designed to get like audiences cheering. Mm-hmm. And so like I was like, man, if 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 it can't even like get that right for me, yeah. then to your point, I have a hard time overlooking all the other stuff. Yeah, I think I think in general, like I, I've um I know I'm kind of a broken record because I've probably made this point 50 times and both on the podcast and just talking, but I, I, I really, I, I just don't, I find it to be, um, kind of unproductive how much time people often spend talking about the flaws in movies yeah, and like measuring them by how many flaws they have or like, or like treating it as if, if a movie doesn't have a lot of flaws, that's what makes it great. Right. I'm like, no, what makes movies great are things that are great. Yeah. And then when they have great things in them, yeah. you just don't even notice the flaws because who cares? Right. You know? Right. But when they don't have great things in them, then all you can see are the flaws. Yep. So, so like, I think there's movies that are true masterpieces that what makes them masterpieces is that they have a ton of great things in them. Yep. They might also have a ton of flaws, but right. you're just like, whatever you right know? Yeah. or you don't even notice it or you notice or you like it occurs to you like years later right you know because you're like oh you know what that plot point doesn't make any sense or like that character motivation is completely insane right you know but like it only occurs to you far later after you've kind of like the high of how amazing all the great stuff was has yeah. worn off yeah um so anyway uh so your first impression i think uh is 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 
is on the record now. Right. The high, the, I, there were no highs that were high enough yeah, for me. Yeah. And there were plenty of lows. You, you might, I mean, to be, to be fair, we'll get into it in the best parts yeah. or whatever. There might have been some things in the movie that you at least liked. For sure, there were yeah. some things that I liked, but none of them were high enough yeah, for yeah. me to be like, wow, that was, I'm blinded by greatness, right? So I, in contrast, I certainly was a little surprised when you turned and said, I really didn't like it. Yeah. Because I guess I assumed you would have a, a reaction a little bit more like what I had, which was, as I said, I came in with low expectations. Yeah. But I was hoping for a fun, you know, I was hoping that it would be really good. Or at the very least, like a fun, you know, decent Star Wars movie. Yeah. And um, uh, and when it ended, I think my feeling was like, I was kind of in the middle. You know, like yeah, it 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 could have been a lot worse. Yeah. It certainly wasn't awesome. Like I hoped it was, but I also didn't expect it to be. Yeah. And I, I was I was afraid that it could have been a, a massive disaster. Right. And I, I didn't really feel like it was a massive disaster. I felt like there were some things that are sort of like unearned and had to be sort of wedged in there and, and were sort of like last minute decisions. Right. But they did um fine, you know. Right. right. Um, like I, I never I didn't find any moments to be like laughably bad. I didn't think any of it was like reeked of desperation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So my my takeaway was was probably, you know, it's on it's on the weaker side like, I certainly think it's the weakest of the sequel trilogy. Yep. I don't think it's as good as any of the original. Like, I probably like it better than the prequels. Um, right. Th- that's probably where I would... I mean, I haven't... You know, it hasn't been a long time. I, I haven't watched the prequels in a would long have to, time. You'd have to... Yeah, I'd have to, like, give it time to really, like, let it sort of settle and marinate. But, um, but my sort of initial impression is, like, okay, I don't really know how I would rank the Star Wars movies, but it's, like... This is in the sort of middle tier where, in my mind, um, like the best ones you might say are like Empire Strikes Back, right. you know, A New Hope. Right. Some people think Force Awakens is up there. Some people think Last Jedi is up there. Yeah. It's a debatable, but this is clearly in like the rung below that top tier. Yeah. If you think very <clears throat> simply, like there's nine movies, mm-hmm. right? It's not in the top five for me. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, yeah, I would probably put it at like number six. You know, right. a, after the original three and Force Awakens. Yeah, if you fo- if this, and movie, then I'd put probably the prequels all below. If yeah, in this film festival from hell, uh-huh. you make you make me watch the prequels plus uh, Rise of Skywalker and ask me to rank them, then I could give you like a better estimation, right? But it's like I would generally tend to think of those four as the bottom four, not like yeah, possibly. I mean. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm agreeing with you, but, but I think to me, it's like, it's not, it's not in the same territory. Like it's better than the prequels to me. Although I say that, I'm not sure. I get that. I get that. It's clear that our, our opinions are a little bit, there's a little bit of distance. Right. And this, and this, to your point, this level of hair splitting is sort of like unimportant. Right. And, and, but it, it is, but at the same time, I'm also while we're talking about it, I'm realizing like maybe in this, in the prequels, I seem to remember revenge of the Sith being like better than Pretty the other good. two. Yeah. 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 So maybe that one is better than this one. Anyway, it, do, it doesn't matter, but I mean, I did enjoy it overall. I thought there was a lot of stuff that was silly, mm-hmm. uh, like not in a good way, like silly in a bad way. Like, Oh, that's 
very silly that they, right. <laughs> that they chose to do that. But it, it certainly didn't like ruin the movie for me. And, and fundamentally, back to the point about great stuff versus flaws, I don't think I thought there was necessarily any great stuff in this movie, but there was enough good stuff that I liked yeah. that for me it was like overall positive, you know, weekly positive impression yeah. of the thing as a, as a whole. So that covers our expectations and first impressions. Um, let's do box office super quick. Do you want to guess what the opening weekend box office was? Oh, my God. I don't know. A hundred $50 million. Do you, do you know how much Force Awakens and Last Jedi did? In their opening weekend? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So let me tell you, and then you can choose to revise your guess or okay. keep it. Okay. Force Awakens did, I believe, $249 million, Okay. And Last Jedi did $220 million in its opening weekend. So are you guessing $150? No, 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 no. It's, it's going to be between those two numbers, I would guess. Okay, what do you think it is? What's your revised guess? Uh, $230 million. <laughs> Uh, so this movie made $177 million. Oh, my first guess was better. Oh Your my first God. guess was better, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. So it was a steep drop. Okay. Um, even from Last Jedi. So so we talked about this actually before. Okay. And I was like, I, I, so I, I currently believe, I'll go on the record, I believe Ryan Johnson will lose his trilogy. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. I could be wrong. Yeah. But... I, I, we talked about this and I was like, I think they're going to see how Rise of Skywalker does. Mm -hmm. And if it does really badly or like it's a big drop, they're not going to blame JJ. They're going to blame Ryan Johnson. And for like, what do I know? I'm completely. For putting JJ in like an impossible situation kind of thing. Well, I mean, put it this way. I think there is, you can, you can, you can debate how much of it's overblown and maybe, maybe it's just a tiny fringe group. You can never tell with the internet anymore. Right. But I think there's like a toxicity that crept into the Star Wars fandom. Yeah. That started around with Last Jedi. Totally, yes. And I think, and I think, you know, like Lucasfilm and Disney, they're probably like, is this bad? Mm -hmm. Or is this kind of all blown out of proportion and it's fine and people still love Star Wars? Yeah. And they see Last Jedi do worse. They see Solo do terribly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're like, okay, but but maybe that's just because Solo sucked. Like, right. let's see how the final Skywalker one does. Right. And answer, it's certainly not doing as well yeah. as the first two. And they're like, ah, he did ruin it. Right. You know? Now, I don't, I, I don't, I, I'm not saying, I, I certainly could be wrong. I yeah. hope that I'm wrong. And, and I do think that even if that is how Disney and Lucasfilm are thinking, that it's unfair. Yeah. But that's still my prediction. Yeah. I predict that in the coming, like, months. Yeah. Or the, it might not even be an announcement. It just might quietly go away. You right. Know, right. Of, like, he's not doing that anymore. Right. Um, but that's So that's my prediction. Yeah. To be clear, though, $177 million in the opening weekend is, like, I think it's, like, the third biggest most December mo- opening ever. Most movies can only dream of yeah. something that good. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I think, I think... Disney thought from Force Awakens that right that is what a Star Wars movie can do. Yeah. And I think in reality, it's similar to Jurassic World. It's That's like what really the what first it was movie, is the pressure builds yeah. up. And when you first release it, 
it's this huge spike in, in right. interest. And then, you know, and then you release another movie every couple years after that, of, it's going to go down. Right. So it's it's probably more like what it's really happening is it's approaching more of like an equilibrium of like a big this is budget Star Wars the movie main, yeah. can make between one and two hundred million dollars in its opening week. Yeah. It's going to be a massive hit. Yeah. But it's not going to be that. Yeah. Much. And it's also like if you ex- if you're expecting like end game level performance from this movie, right? Like that's a bad expectation because end game is like a once in a generation kind of like phenomenon that where everything just hit correctly right there's that but there is also somebody pointed this out and i thought it was smart that like just from a commercial standpoint last jedi there was a big problem with it which is that it ended there was no cliffhanger at the end it was just kind of right. an open-ended... Right. It was like, you don't even really need a sequel to this movie. Right. Right? Right. Whereas, whereas Endgame was like, Infinity War ended on like one of the most giant cliffhangers ever. Right? right. Of like, we just killed half of these people. Right. And you're like, it cannot stay that way. Right. <laughs> right? Right. So, so everybody who likes those movies was just super fascinated to find out how they resolved that problem. Right. Whereas with this movie... Last Jedi didn't leave you on the edge of your seat of like, what's going to happen next? It left you with like, the rebellion is, uh, is stronger now. Yeah. Lives to fight another day. And, uh, and like people are generally happy. Right. And things are looking good. Right. You know? Yeah. (laughs) And and so you're like, you're like, oh, okay. Right. The whole series could end now, presumably. And this is where, like, if you think about, like, The Force Awakens, how the ending of The Force Awakens is Rey holding out a lightsaber to yeah. Luke Skywalker. Yeah. That's, like, a huge like, gift to the next movie. Right, right. Where it's like, what is their first conversation going to be like? And The Last Jedi does a lot to um, subvert that yeah. and, like, make you really surprised by what that conversation is. And I think that's part of the delight of the movie. But you're right that Ryan, Ryan Johnson didn't do the next filmmaker any favors by like cute teeing up some major mystery yeah. or like, you know, for example, at the end of Empire Strikes Back, right? Like Han Solo is frozen in carbonite. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? You know, we have to fix this, right? That's like, there, the, yeah, there was nothing that needed to be fixed at the last of, at the end yeah, of the last Jedi. That's a good point. And, and, and I'm not even saying artistically. I'm, I'm just, that's why I said commercially, right? You know, like would this movie have done, $230 million if Last Jedi ended on a cliffhanger? I bet it would have. You yeah. Know? Which is kind of crazy to think, you know, such a, like, a minor change to the story that just leaves you wondering what happens next. It's, it's all speculative, but I feel like probably could have translated to, like, $50 million difference right, in its right. opening weekend. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we will never know. Um, but that is what the movie's box office has done. Uh, it's... It's, uh, I, I mean, it's still going to make over a billion dollars worldwide yep. um, by the end of its run. So it's not, uh, it is certainly not a failure. I'm sure it's a disappointment, though. I'm sure they were hoping for more. And we'll see what happens with that Ryan Johnson trilogy. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on the record. The thing is, I bet you, away. like, the funny thing is, like, he's sort of in a situation now where I feel like he can't really lose, right? Because he's got an extremely well-reviewed movie this year. Oh, Knives Out, yeah. Right. And even if Star Wars, like, even if Disney pulls the plug on his Star Wars trilogy, right? Like, I'm sure there are many other uh, movie studios that are, like, eager to give Ryan Johnson their money. 
yeah, right? For sure. Um, and he will continue to make the kinds of movies that he wants to make. Well, I mean, in 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 all honesty, um, there's another scenario in which I would be right, but for the wrong reasons that I could also see playing out, which is he might walk away from the trilogy. Like they, right. they might not, because because. Again, that was announced before Last Jedi came out. Yep. It was announced before he discovered that he has like to deal with He's made people mo- yeah, tweeting yeah, yeah. at him and writing articles about him about how he ruined Star Wars and stuff like Right. pretty much probably indefinitely for like almost the rest of his life. Yep. Or at least for the next several years. Yeah. And I wouldn't be that surprised if he was like, "You know what?" Knives Out was a lot of fun. <laughs> right. I want to do more movies where people don't just scream at me. Right. Where the worst <laughs> reaction I get is indifference. Yeah. Right. And and the, and what's crazy though to think is what people were so mad at him about about Last Jedi was, you know, what he did with their beloved franchise and their beloved characters and stuff. His new trilogy that has as it's been announced, is supposed to be totally different characters, yeah. totally different part of the world. Yeah. So, like, he can't ruin things that people loved, but you could you could totally picture his movies coming out and people hating them still because of The Last Jedi. Like, Maybe. not because of anything the new movies are doing, but just, like, Maybe. Ryan Johnson's a hack and, you know. You know what might be the best path for them to, like, split the difference is to give him like a TV series. Yeah. Like the, like like the Mandalorian. Mandalorian-esque. Right. Series. It's like, hey, you get like tons of budget and you get like a huge canvas, right? Mm-hmm. You get tons of hours to mm-hmm. like paint with, right? And you get to do a totally different sandbox, like Star Wars, right? Whatever yeah. you want. But we don't like, but you're not part of the the main thing anymore, right? Like, because because yeah. lots of people are talking about the Mandalorian as if it's like the most successful Star Wars thing this year, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, or in 2019, I suppose, right? Um, and so uh, I could see that being an, an appealing option to Disney. I don't know if that would be an appealing option to Ryan Johnson necessarily. But yeah. at any rate, we're 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 doing a Rise of Skywalker podcast, and we spent the past 15 minutes talking about Ryan Johnson. Well, he's a big, yeah, is is a big part of the conversation. He looms over of, it like Palpatine. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, we've now done first impressions. We did expectations, first impressions, box office. Yeah. Let's just zip in right along uh, at the breakneck pace that we're going. Yeah. Uh, let's talk like, well, first of all, let's just get into spoilers. Spoiler alert. More so than we already have. So, yeah, from here on out, we're going to not tread carefully and we're going to talk openly about stuff that happens in the movie. Yeah. Um, so best parts of the movie. I want to get to the thread that I think works, which you already know what I was going to say. Yeah, let's do that. The Ray and Kylo like relationship. Yeah. I don't feel like it's jarring going from Force Awakens to Last Jedi to this movie. I think it's like in Force Awakens... You know, they first meet. It starts off with Kylo is like actually strong in the Force. Yeah, we don't even know Ray has any Force powers, and then it's a big reveal in that movie that she has Force powers, and yeah. sort of, and the way it's introduced that she has Force powers is she can read his mind a little bit. Right? Yeah, she can sense his fear, his his feeling of inadequacy, the fact right. that he wants to be like Darth Vader but doesn't know if he can live up to it. Right. Um, cause he, that we find that out as he's trying to read her mind, right? Yeah. He's like, he's like, I can see 
what you're seeing. Right. Um, and then, and then she sort of turns it around on him and she's like, you're afraid you're not ever going to be as strong as Vader. Right? right. It's like a, that's a sweet scene. I remember yeah. loving that scene. Yeah. Um, and so from, so, so they start off as, as he's adversaries. He, yeah. Adversaries. And he is, um, he has the upper hand cause he's the strong one. Yeah. But then in force awakens, we learn that she has force powers. He starts to, he starts to initially, he, he's like, he recognizes, Oh, she's a threat. Mm-hmm. And by the end of force awakens, he's kind of like, he was kind of like fearful of her. Well, he, he's, um, trying to nag her. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like, you need a teacher. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. I could be that person. Yeah. And then she slices his face open. Right. Yes. Um, and so I, I think that's one of the things that's really powerful about that movie is how you've got a guy trying to teach this young lady, like mm-hmm. what she needs to do, trying to mansplain the force to her. And she's like, how yeah. about I take this lightsaber and cut you in half? And yeah, I like, mean, I, I will say I do have some sympathy for the people who felt, because I felt this way after Force Awakens. I was like, her ability with the Force develops really fast. Right. Like, you know, uh, I mean, it's okay. She can be the most gifted Force user we've seen in this universe so far. Right. But it is, like, a little weird that Luke had to train for a long time and Anakin had to train for a long time to get to where they right. were. And they're supposed to be, like, these exceptional Luke characters. Luke blew up the Death Star with virtually and, and no Rey, Jedi training. And no computer. So I feel like... Uh, maybe so. Um, Luke's had the magic that, from the beginning. You're saying because at the end of New Hope, he like closes his eyes and he's like, yeah, he like the Force. Yeah, like Obi-Wan's like, use the Force. And he like takes the computer off. No, but he off. has been trained in, in New Hope by Obi-Wan, at least a little. Barely. Look, Rey has received literally no training. That's true. She just figures she out She just how wins to- a sword fight. <laughs> Um, it's not like that's more impressive to me than like shooting uh, a photon torpedo or whatever the Star Wars equivalent of that because I just made a Star Trek reference in a Star mm-hmm. Wars podcast. Photon torpedo. Um, yes, that's correct. Uh, I don't like shooting a womp rat. Like that's what he says in A New Hope. He's like, it's not much bigger than shooting womp rats, right? Like, <laughs> so it's like, you know, he managed to do something pretty miraculous that everybody said was impossible, right? Because he channeled the force. Okay. Right. So at any rate, well, sure. We're not, yeah, even, yeah. we're not even supposed to be talking about that right now. Okay. I, the point I'm trying to make is they have a relationship that kind of begins in The Force Awakens. Yes. And then in Last Jedi, they're more like equals and they're communicating with each other. And you know, like yeah. and he's still a disciple of Snoke. Or yep. he or he's sort of he's sort of like a begrudging disciple of Snoke. Right. And she is trying to learn from Luke. So they 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 have this shared they have this sort of parallel experience in Last Jedi where they're sort of frustrated by their, their respective teachers. Yeah. And and they're like, you know, they're like youth who are kind of bonding with each other over this anti-authoritarian sort of angst yeah. that they're both feeling. Yeah. And and by the end, he rebels against his master and yeah. and he's like, you and me, you know, we're the ones who matter. Like, he's kind of like He's kind of uh, going out on a limb and being like, our relationship is important. You know, yeah. I actually want to be, you know, uh, like partners with you. Right. And this movie, I think, carries that forward very organically. Like, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's it's still, like, it starts with Palpatine being like, kill the girl. 
Right. And from the beginning, Kylo's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Right. You know, like, I mean, it, I have other plans. Yeah. It's like, it's like from the beginning, it's clear he cares more about Ray than he does about Palpatine. Right. And he talks to her and he's like, Palpatine, you're a Palpatine, you know, right. just so you know. And like, I kind of want to kill this guy, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I still like need you to like, you know, join forces with me and all this stuff. And so that that is something the, the point I was making earlier is like that doesn't feel to me like a departure. Like it feels like Ryan Johnson continued their relationship. Yeah. And J.J. Abrams sort of closed it out yeah. in a way that didn't feel like there were any sharp left turns. It felt like that was all that all went kind of in a clean, yep. in a clean progression. Sure. And, and I think part of why I was mostly positive about this movie was like, that is the storyline that I liked the most from the sequel trilogy. Was yeah. Ray and Kylo kind of being the most important characters and their relationship being the most important relationship. I think what this movie where we get into the territory of like, oh, well, that's just silly is I think this movie kind of like drove the final nail in the coffin of like every other storyline here Mm -hmm. is inconsequential and I don't care about it. Right. Like I don't care about Finn and Poe anymore at this point. I was already starting to care less about them in In the the last last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. And now I just really don't care about them. Right. And, uh, and you know, like basically all this stuff with the rebellion. Right. feels like barely relevant. It's the resistance, Dan. The resistance. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's just all that stuff like doesn't matter anymore to the point where, but it didn't bother me because I'm like, I've identified the thing that I care about in yeah. these movies and I'm sort of attaching myself to that and everything else that happens. I'm, I'm just like, yeah, whatever, you know, get right. on to, get on to the next Ray and Kylo scene. Right. Um, so, I guess I'm, we're supposed to be talking about best parts of the movie. I, I'm just saying the relationship between Ray and Kylo Ren, I thought was strong in this movie, just like it's been strong in the last two. In this one, it's probably the most apparent that it's like the only thing that's strong. Yeah. But it was still strong enough for me. Like their, their uh, force lightsaber battle where he's on the surface and she's on the ship. I thought that was really good. Yeah. The, the scene in the desert where... He runs his racer towards her, even though it makes no sense. Like, what is, what is he doing? He's, he's going to run her over, her. Dan. He's trying to ram her with his spaceship. Yeah. Why doesn't he blast her? Like, he is in a ship with guns, and he just tries to run into her. Uh, Unc- that is funny to think Unclear. about. It's funny to think about. It's but, just um, so she can do a backflip over. But the scene, you know, she does the backflip, and the thing flies off. And then where they, like, have the battle over, like, tra- trying to grab the, the transport. Ship. Yeah. Um. I really like in these movies when like Ray and Kylo are sort of going head to head yes. with their force abilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because like he is really strong, but until The Force Awakens, he was just like unmatched. And right. I think, he never and I think met he anybody. Does, I yeah. think Adam Driver does a really good job of being like that person who was clearly the best right. for a long time and then yeah. this other person comes along and he's like what the hell right well, how is she this good right. you know i practice every day <laughs> yeah right and he's like and he's like they're close yeah you know he can he can almost match her i think the movies make it pretty clear she's like a little bit stronger than him yeah there's a great i i think there's a great like sort of mozart salieri thing going on with the two of them right oh i don't think it's quite right. mozart salieri i mean no mozart's but- like obviously no but 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 i think that same emotion it's the same emotion though 
You know yeah, what the, I mean? The, yeah, the same feeling of like, like I'm not quite like where Salieri's like, I've dedicated my life to this, <laughs> and yeah. he and he's better than me, right? Right. And now, like in in Amadeus, it's obviously like Mozart is wildly better than him, right? Right. Whereas in this, it's closer. But, but it's but. like, but it's the same feeling. Which like, I've dedicated my life to this. I like studied under Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I practice this every day. I've got like a I've got a Sith master, and like and this girl <laughs> is like beating me but i mean like, of course he also knows it's a palpatine so sure that's got to be some that's got a cold comfort night. <laughs> right. he's like well i mean in my defense like i am i mean but i'm a skywalker <laughs> like i should be pretty good at this yeah. right um so yeah so i feel like anyway so yes. i was i was listing scenes i think like that scene is good i think the force lightsaber battle is good i think the lightsaber battle in the water is good on the on and the remains even of the Death in the Star. final conflict with Palpatine it's good until a certain point and then it gets kind of just corny yeah but like as he's approaching that's all good like I think I think mm-hmm. as he's approaching and and the this the lightsaber transfer the force via the force the, the force, force teleportation yeah, yeah, yeah that's good it's like really it's I, I was like excited I was like I was like oh what's gonna happen you know yeah and then you know it kind of it, it kind of doesn't it doesn't stick the landing because it just ends with Palpatine just doing this weird thing where he's like sucking their life force out. Right. And you're like, oh, this is dumb. And then, and then, you know, he knocks Kylo aside and then Ray blocks lightning hole. with lightsabers. Yeah. Two but lightsabers. It's, but it's also sort of like, I don't know how, I don't know what this scene could have done that I would have found awesome. Right. And, and satisfying. Something else. Something right? else probably. Yeah. But, but, but anyway, I just named like four scenes except for the end of the last scene I named. Right. They were all like really good to me and those were pretty much the highlights of the movie. Basically anytime Ray and Kylo were engaged in some sort of yeah, intense like conflict or or interaction, I think the movie did all those things well. And 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 I also said to you after the movie, I felt similarly about Last Jedi where in Last Jedi I pretty much really liked Ray and Luke and Ray and Kylo. Mm-hmm. And everything else, I was like, "This is fine." <laughs> Let's yeah. get back to Ray and Luke, or I, Ray and Kylo. I think I probably liked more things in the Last Jedi yeah, than that, yeah. and I think I probably liked those additional things more than. Yeah, that. no, I, I like, think I, I think the stuff I liked in Last Jedi, I liked way more than yeah. I did in this movie. Yeah, and I think the stuff around it wasn't as weak, right? As the surrounding stuff was in this movie, right? But I'm just saying. So like the lows were not as low right. and the highs were higher. So it so overall Last Jedi was just like overall superior in right. my mind. But it's kind of the same general pattern is what I'm saying of like there were still the things that I actually cared about. Yeah. And then just some sort of like filler between. And I guess my point being like even in The Last Jedi, like the relationship that you care about, the Ray-Kylo re- relationship, mm-hmm. like th- in their forced conversations that they have right are very quiet mm-hmm. parts of the movie mm-hmm. and i don't think any of us would have described those as like our favorite part right but they're absolutely riveting right and they like tremendously move like move the characters forward right and really make you care deeply about them that much more like as they have the throne room con you know conflict for example right mm-hmm. and so it's like even and this movie it sort of like just tries to have a bunch of like big moments and doesn't have any of those moments that actually make you care 
about mm. the characters more. Now, that being said, I agree. I think the parts that you listed in The Rise of Skywalker are basically the best parts, but none of them, like, in The Last Jedi, I was, like, you know, frequently, like, eyes, like, bulging out of my head, right? Like, mouth open, like, really stunned by what I was seeing. Yeah. And then this movie, I was like, that's pretty good, right? Like, <laughs> Well, I'll tell you the scene that impacted me the most, and it makes me very sad for what I feel like this movie could have been um, because Carrie Fisher passed away. Yeah. I think in, in last Jedi and I mean, this might just, you know, have something to do with my own particular makeup, Mm -hmm. but uh, in last Jedi, I I remember a scene that really affected me was when he's like, um, he's considering firing on the ship on like the deck where Leia is. At the and beginning he, of the movie. Yeah. Right? yeah and yeah. and he can't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he flies away and then a different ship comes and does blast it, you know? Right. But um but I feel like that was so impactful because like we had just seen him in Force Awakens kill his dad. Yeah. It was hard for him, but yeah. he he did it. Yeah. And it was like sort of this thing where he's like, I know to embrace the dark side, I need to do this. Right. So so we'd seen him like commit to that path. Right. But when it came to like firing on his mom, he just still couldn't do it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's not all like, he's not completely on that side of the line. Yep. He still has this love for his mom that just like he can't bring himself to to break. And then, um, and I feel like this movie was probably supposed to like hinge on his relationship with Leia. Yeah. And that be like what ultimately completes his redemption arc. And it. And so anyway, that's all my lead up to the scene in this movie I found the most affecting yeah. was the lightsaber battle in the water where where Ray is actually really aggressive. And it's and it's it's the probably the closest this trilogy comes to actually presenting Ray like being tempted by the dark side. Because, because to be clear, I don't think this trilogy does a great job with that. I think yeah. she's supposed to like be pulled to the dark side in this in this trilogy, and I I, I just feel like Ray's too like good of a character. Yeah. But at least in that scene, she's being very aggressive. Yeah. And and Kylo's being re- relatively right. restrained, right. and Love in like you. and in like a pivotal moment, Leia force reaches out to him. And stops him. Says Ben. And yeah. and Ray takes that opportunity to, you know, nearly kill him. Impale him. Yeah. Right. Um, and then Leia dies. Right? Yep. That's like the last thing like she t- does. To, to me, that was so, it made me think of that scene in Last Jedi. Yeah. And it was like his mom is his weakness on his, like, on his, on his attempt to embrace the dark side. Mm-hmm. He just cannot let go of the light that like Leia represents for him, yeah. you know? And I just thought that was like super powerful. I was, I was, I was really moved by that moment. Like yeah. he stops, he's, he lost the fight because of that. Right. Um, because I think at that moment he like had the upper he, hand. That's right? that's right. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, but because he was, you know, is like, he hears his mom and he's like, mom, <laughs> you right. know, like not literally, but like figurative. I, I feel like he like hears her voice and he's just like, mom. Right. Um, and then Ray takes the opportunity. That was like really strong for me. But but like I said, it made me it makes me sad to think about because I think if Carrie Fisher had been alive to like film, you know, more actual scenes of like him actually interacting with his mom. Yeah. 
there, there clearly should have been like a confrontation between him and Leia. Yeah. Just like there was between him and Han Solo and force awakens. Yeah. But in this movie, it, sh- it would have been like, you know, we would have seen some great Adam driver acting, <laughs> right. You know, we would have seen some just intense Kylo Ren struggling right. internally and it would have been great, but you know, we couldn't have that because she was gone. So yeah, Makes me sad because because that was probably the best part of the movie. Yeah. Anyway, those are the best parts of the movie for me. Any highlights or any things that you would like to to give shout outs to despite your overall disdain for the movie? Disdain's too strong a word, but mm. um I real I, I, I feel awful saying this, but they really should have killed Chewbacca. Oh yeah, yeah. Like oh right, because because like as far as best parts of the movie, that was a very that impactful was, moment. I I mean I literally I literally under- grabbed your arm. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like because I was shocked and like really saddened by like that. But it also yeah, and felt that was like super effective. But it, it was like Ray. I was is, like, has oh lost my control, god! And there are like, real consequences. She is using the dark side of the force to yeah. win a fight with Kylo, yeah. and like. The collateral damage is Chewbacca. And it's like, that's a very steep cost, Mm -hmm. right? And I feel like that's exactly the sort of thing that's like, oh, this movie is going for it, right? Like, And I feel like that's not, again, that's also not uh, like an uncommon evaluation of that scene. I feel like I've seen that many times. But it's like, but that was the thing that like, in a movie that mostly my reactions were like, this is dumb or like, Mm -hmm. this is okay. Right. I was like, holy cow, like yeah. that's amazing. Right. Um, and I have very conflicted feelings, strong feelings about it. Mm-hmm. It's just sort of like the movie just decides, like, never mind, we like Chewbacca too much. And I get it. It's like, I like Chewbacca too. Right. Um, and maybe if Carrie Fisher had lived, they would have been able to like do it. You know what I mean? Like, because I could have seen a world where, like, they sort of like couldn't afford to do it. They like some somebody from the original trilogy <laughs> needs to like live, right? right? Um, but uh, and to your point, that's many counter historicals and no point going down that road because who's to say what they would have done if yeah. situations had been different? But um, but that was one where I was like, I f- like I felt really strongly about that moment as it was happening, where I was like, holy moly, this mm-hmm. movie is going to a very dark place that I didn't expect it to. And it's exhilarating because if she can come back from this, right. If she can like recommit herself to the light side of the force as a result of this, you know, it will be because she understands like the depths of the dark side in a way that she doesn't understand them prior to this moment. Yeah. But, but it also, and it also makes you, it gives you a nervousness that you didn't have before. Right. Like, Oh, she can, she can lose control yeah. and and hurt people that she cares about, right? Because Yoda says in, I think it's Return of the Jedi, he's like, once you start down the dark path, like, you can't turn back, Yeah, right? And so it's like, oh, my gosh, is this her, like, doing it, right? And that would have been a really disturbing, compelling movie, like, if we're actually worried that our hero is going to, like, yeah. If, if you make that has always been my problem with the entire like thing about light side and dark side of the force. It's like, why is the dark side good? Mm-hmm. Why, why does anybody want this? Right. Yeah. Like I've never be just power. Right. Right. I, but I've like I would love to see that illustrated in a way that 
actually makes me feel like, oh yeah, that would be a really difficult choice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I agree. Like the, the, the scenes that show the scenes that most explicitly describe being tempted by the dark side in star Wars are basically Palpatine saying like, yes, embrace your hate, right? You know, embrace your anger. But like, why would like a kid like Kylo Ren want this thing? That's all about hate and anger from a young age. It's, well, it's, The Last Jedi does a great job of answering that question, I feel like. Well, sort of, but no. When, your mentor, when you feel like your mentor betrays you. I, 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 th- that explains why he would hate Luke. It doesn't really explain to me why he would want to pursue this like religion of hatred. It were doesn't. You, it do, you, for me. Okay. You can squint all you want. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. in case you can't hear it on the microphone, I'm squinting really hard. Well, the funny thing is I thought I was agreeing with you, but now you're disagreeing with me. But what I was trying to agree with was I don't feel like Star Wars ever explains why like a person would want to dedicate themselves to the dark side. I think the, the, yeah. clo- the, closest, the closest I can get to understanding it is is like in the force awakens and maybe a, to a degree in the last Jedi Kylo Ren talks about like the power of it. Yeah. I, I, I think that that is the pitch generally. Right. But it's like, um, I just would love to see somebody on the dark side of the force, like enjoying themselves, enjoying yeah. that power in yeah. a way that it was Cause, intoxicated. Cause I think it's like, it's like you have to read between the lines, but it's not really in the text so much that the idea, it should be something like, the Jedi are all about restraint yeah, and only using the force for these specific for things. But like the dark side is really more like if you like, if you are special, like embracing the fact that you're special using your gifts right. to get what you want and kind of like being an exceptional member of the universe. Um, that, that there would be a very clear temptation there. You know, you have these gifts, like use them, you know, don't be ashamed of them. Yeah. Um, that was something that I was really hoping the movie would do, like, because we've got the transport blowing up and then Ray and Kylo end up on the remains of the Death Star in an ocean. And Ray sort of has a, a scene very similar to the one that Luke has in Empire Strikes Back, where he confronts himself as Vader in the cave, mm-hmm. right? And she confronts like evil Ray, like mm-hmm. on the Death Star. And I really wanted them to use some part of this movie to like explore the like, look, here's a person who was abandoned on Jakku, who has yearned for meaning and purpose and and like belonging her entire life, and the dark side of the Force could potentially just say like. We are all those things, right? Mm -hmm. We can make you important. You can belong, right? Like you can be the leader of this whole thing, Mm -hmm. right? Like sell it, like appeal to what she wants, right? And instead it was like, use your hate to strike me down. And it's like, that's not what she wants. Like she was not driven by hate, right? She wants, she like, I feel like that that's the thing about the dark side of the force. Like, um, I, you know what I thought of was, uh, there's a scene in the movie Labyrinth where Jennifer Connelly's character is like um, sort of being uh, appealed to by this junk lady who is like uh, just like 
loading her up with all of like this nostalgia, like all of these things that she had as a child that mm-hmm. she's like, wouldn't you want to, don't you want to be surrounded by like these things that you love? Yes. Right. It's not junk. Right. And, uh, and Jennifer Connelly's character like sort of has to like break out and say like, wait, this is just like, these are just like old comforts that mm-hmm. like are meaningless. And ultimately the thing that's important is something else. And so I'm going to leave. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted there to be something like the equivalent of that in this mm-hmm. movie where it's mm-hmm. like, explain why Ray wants to go to the dark side. Like yeah. that'll actually sell this whole ending for me a lot better. And I feel like the movie just was like the power, the power of the dark yeah, side. Yeah. I mean, well, it's funny that <clears throat> in the end, the main thing that tempted her to at least consider doing what Palpatine wanted was to save saving her friends. Her friends right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And And he even sold it that way. He's like, your friends will die unless you kill me and take over this fleet, and then you can tell them not to kill your friends. And I was like, so maybe she should just do that, because then she can just command all the ships to like not blow up a bunch of planets. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's like a certain a certain degree of like he's actually encouraging her to yeah. kill him and then use the power that she has inherited from him to like avert the massive destruction he's right. trying to cause. But he also said, my soul will enter your body or something. Right. And so this is probably a good segue for us to like to go to fix the movie. Yes, right? yes. We've talked about enough about things that were good. I know there's plenty of things that were not so good. No need to talk about them. Tremendous depth. Um, and so, like, that would be, like, as we continue down this topic, like, for example, like, it's sort of this weird um, self-defeating kind of argument that Palpatine makes at the end where he's like, kill me to save your friends. Uh-huh. Right. And then like, so that you can be the empress of evil with friends. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. and it's sort of like, wait, what? Like you can't have both things. Right. Um, and it would have been so much more effective if they had taken time during the movie to like alienate her from her friends. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, like movies can do that. Right. Yeah. Somebody says the wrong thing. Somebody does the wrong thing. Somebody loses their temper. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like and if you make it feel like her relationship to those people is really tenuous and she's like has nobody. Right. And then you say like, but the dark side of the forest awaits you with open arms. And look, there's a thousand Sith Lords over there waiting to like be your best buds. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they'll be your family. Right. Um, I could see them pitching that in such a way that actually makes Ray feel like at least I'll be part of something, right? Yeah. Um, kick her out of the resistance. You know what I mean? Like make it make it really tough for her to make that choice. Um, or, or, or I mean, alternately, um, you know, make Palpatine do something that would make her genuinely hate him. You know, like, sure, like, yeah. like if he killed, uh, let's Finn. say Finn, yeah, right. if he killed Finn and then she wanted to avenge Finn, which we've been told by the Star Wars universe that like revenge is like a Sith thing, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, then, then he would be like, yes, feel that you want to kill me, you know, like either way, like the temptation to kill him should be driven by something that we associated with we associate with darkness, not save your friends, right. which is just obviously 
Like what a good person wants to do. Right. You know? Do the most evil thing you can think of. Save your friends. <laughs> yeah. Right. So um, that you can fulfill your destiny as the most evil person. But, but I'm not, Palpatine. But this not is evil. Just your friends. Like every one of those destroyers is like a Death Star, essentially, in terms right. of its destructive power. Right. Right. So it's seriously like that. That's that is one thing that I was thinking of during that scene. Was like. I don't know what exactly the downsides would be to her killing him, but he's explicitly saying, if you kill me, then this whole fleet will be yours. Right. And this whole fleet, if you don't kill me, what it's going to do is blow up a ton of planets. (laughs) Right. So it's like, why wouldn't I kill him? You know, like, yeah, there's the risk of I turn to the dark side or whatever, but like, he's telling me I get the fleet. I can tell him to call off the attacks on my friends. Right. I can tell him don't blow up all the planets. And then we'll do like an exorcism and then I can or something. Just ground them or something. Right. You know. And uh, you know all these weird Sith disciples around here. Maybe I kill all them. You know, because right. they're suspicious. I don't really think right. I should. Right. Like yeah. But, but it just. I'll just hold my breath for a long time and then Palpy will leave because the, the like, movie didn't do a good job of like presenting how it would be bad for her, her to kill him. It's right. just like, well, that's then, the dark thing. And that's the do. crazy part is because then she basically does. Yeah, she then she does. Right. So we also we also talked about that, of how, like, he was like, kill me, that's what I want. And then she's like, no. And then he's like, all right, well, then I'll kill you. And then she's like, no, I'll kill you. <laughs> and then she does. And then you're like, all right, well, that's kind of what he said in the first place. Right. That he wanted you but to do. But that didn't do But it? I guess it changed because then he tried to no, kill you. No, no, you don't understand, Dan. She had two lightsabers. <laughs> so that uh, changes yeah. everything. Yeah. It's 100% more lightsabers. So, yeah, I mean, there was a bunch of weird. I mean, I think the ending was for sure um, not great. But I also, uh, I think I said, you know, I just feel like endings, like endings of endings. The, the climactic moment that's supposed yeah. to end the whole thing, it's never going to live up to yeah. um, expectations. Like, I don't I don't think the final battle in Return of the King is that satisfying. Right. Well, even, I just, even Endgame, I think a lot of people felt that the ending of Endgame was, like, amazing. But really, what I think was amazing was, like, seeing everybody emerge from all the portals. Right. But then it's just kind of like a, a whatever battle after right. that but yeah but the reason that that moment is resonant is because like i mean not to put too like cynical a read on it but you've spent like 40 hours or something yeah it's all like these characters watching you love showing up yeah like getting to know all of these other characters yeah, yeah yeah and so you're like oh my gosh it's everybody i like in one place right, right. like this is awesome but, no, right? but but the point I'm making is like even the ending of Endgame, which is you know still corn, you, you yeah, might consider the fight after it's that. It's not like that. It it's not. I felt I felt like a little bit of that emptiness you were describing at the beginning of like there's like this triumphant moment of like Cap gets the hammer mm-hmm. and and like Captain Marvel has like a one on one with Thanos and like Scarlet Witch has her moment and it's and but like I remember afterwards just being like none of that was like. It didn't do that much for me, you know? Right. Um, and, and I think what I'm saying is, like, I just don't think in these big franchises that have this massive buildup yeah. that that the climactic moments can, like, possibly live up to what your brain sort of builds them up to. Right. You know? Well, like, I or, think- like, The Matrix. I remember, like, the final battle between Neo and Agent Smith. Yeah. They just fly in the air and just, like, punch each other a lot, you know? Yeah. Um, 
all these things. Yeah, I think in some ways, like, Aven- the one thing Avengers got, well, Avengers got lots of things right, but the one thing Endgame got really right was saying, okay, really the emotional climax of this movie is not when all the people come through the portal. That's almost like once they come through the portal, we know how this movie ends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, it'd be hilarious if we didn't right like, like they come through the portal the, and then Thanos just kills <laughs> <laughs> you thought it was gonna get you thought it was gonna be a happy ending it's, it's just, like another it's cliffhanger. darker it's darker than yeah. the last movie because they thought they had a chance this time um no but like the real climax is when captain america and thor are fighting with thanos mm-hmm. by themselves mm-hmm. right and losing yeah right it's like, and they're given everything they've got, and like, they're gonna, they like, basically, Captain America's like, well, I'm gonna die here, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, this is gonna be the end of me. I'm definitely outmatched, right? And it's like, I think that's Don Quixote. The movie does a great job of making you really feel like he's giving everything he's got and he's gonna lose, mm-hmm. right? And you know, even though he's got the hammer, and even though, like, it's just yeah, not enough, not enough, right? Um, and that is when you as an audience, it, like it's kind of a similar emotion to, for example, like Toy Story 3, right? When, right, when they're, they're all like reaching for each other's hands. Yeah. It's like that is the climax. Mm-hmm. Even though a bunch of stuff happens after that, that's when really like you're staring down into like the void mm-hmm. as a moviegoer and you're like, I've never felt so devastated, <laughs> right? Um and then they pick all the pieces up and figure out how to, like, have the good guys win, right? Tragedy with a happy ending, right? Because they have to. Right? Um, and I just feel like I never got anywhere close to that in Rise of Skywalker, right? No. Yeah. Definitely not. Um, but there's other things we should talk about with Fix. Well, this isn't really Fix the movie. I just want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> I, think, I think there's a bunch of... Um, there's a bunch of developments in this movie that kind of could have an impact, but then either aren't treated seriously or are undone. So you already you already covered one of them. Where Chewbacca, she, she, you think she kills Chewie, and it's a big moment and it has a big impact. And then like two scenes later, they're like, "Nope, Chewbacca's still alive." Right. You know. Psych. Um, another one for me is when they erase C three PO's memory. Totally, and yes. Like, and yes. he's like, I'm going to take one last look at my friends. And it's it's like you're supposed to like shed a tear. You know, it's like, this is tragic. Like, but, this is the but, end of the road for him. First yeah. of all, I couldn't help but sort of be amused by how nonchalant everyone None else was. None of them cared about him. <laughs> They're like, yeah, it's fine. Erase his memory. Oh, I'm my like, gosh. I'm like, they are really okay with just killing C3. You know what they should have done? I mean, to be quite honest, is they should have figured out a way for that to be R2-D2. Right. That would ruin people. Oh, just if they had to if, erase R2-D2's If they're like, we have memory. to erase R2-D2's memory, it's the only way. Right? Because you think people care more about R2-D2? They absolutely do. <laughs> he's more lovable. C-3PO is like... He's a little an, annoying. He's an annoying necessity, yeah, yeah. right? No, no, but I mean... But still, I think erasing his memory, if if the characters had like treated it with the graveness yes. that they frankly should have... Totally. Because they were talking about effectively killing their yeah. friend. I mean, C-3PO is, let's be clear, he's a legend, right? Yeah. That yeah. dude has been from, like, all the way from the Clone Wars to now, right? That guy has <laughs> been in, like, 
every major battle for yeah. every major like good guy like situation mm-hmm. for the past whatever like two generations or three generations yeah and it's like his mind is a treasure trove of knowledge that you should be heartbroken about erasing and yeah. instead they're like whatever it's very convenient for me if we just erase his memory right now yeah yeah so they don't treat it with the seriousness it deserves and then of course it turns out it's fine because he gets his memory restored right, right? so th- that to me is another there's like there's like missed opportunities like that yeah i mean and frankly another one is i mean I don't necessarily have a huge problem with the force healing thing that's introduced in this movie. Yeah. I don't love, I feel similar to how ha- the, 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 the light speed attack thing introduced in last Jedi. Yeah. We're just like, you're introducing these game changing me- mechanisms. Right. You know, that it's funny. I that feel kind like- of un, un, undermine previous movies, but it's not a massive problem for me. But anyway, what were you about to say? Well, just in regard to that, I I feel like there's one particular line in The Rise of Skywalker that I actually feel has probably been misread mm-hmm. pretty widely, which is at one point somebody says, like, we should do the Holdo maneuver, right, in this movie, which is the move from... Oh, Rise- somebody says that? Yeah. I totally missed that. And Poe Dameron is like, that's a one in a million mm-hmm. maneuver, Right. Mm -hmm. And people were saying like, oh, that's this movie throwing shade at The Last Jedi because they're saying that that move shouldn't work. Right. No, no. And I'm like, doesn't that make that doesn't that help the last movie? Oh, totally. Because it makes it feel like Holdo's like, look, I've got a one in a million shot at this, but maybe it'll work. Right. 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 And like and it does. Yeah. Right. Um, And I was like, oh, I feel like that's almost this movie defending The Last Jedi. No, totally. Well, I think it's. I think it's doing its best. So I I didn't even catch that line. Yeah. So so this is me just responding to hearing about it for the first time just now. Yeah. But I'm with you in that I definitely don't think it's throwing shade. To me, it's like doing its best to make that scene make sense. Yeah. In the same way, like Rogue One. Yeah. Does like a, an amazing job explaining <laughs> why the Death Star has this crazy. Like one design flaw, yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's it like fixes it it's put fixes there. a very questionable plot. Yes, um, point in the original Star Wars. Yes, I feel like it's like that. Of like, I mean, it, given it's just a line, right? Um, but yeah, like to say like it's one in a million. Of course, then the fans can debate why is it one in a million? You know, like right. what? But but as long as the character has said like in this universe, that is a known move. Right, it's very unlikely to work for reasons. Right, right. Um, then, then you're like, oh, okay, I can see now. I can see now why that 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 makes it consistent that she would have done that in Last Jedi, but we yeah. wouldn't have seen it before. Yeah. Because it's like a known thing that could work, but almost right. never does. Right. Who knows why it never does. Right. Um, okay, so that's good. But how did we even get on the Holdo maneuver? We're talking about... It doesn't matter. So we're talking about fix the movie things. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned... Like a thing that, uh, well, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Let's move on. <laughs> well, there's these, there's these, um, so we've covered two things where like the movie does a thing that like starts to have a big impact and then yeah. it doesn't really, or it isn't treated that way. Yeah. Oh, 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 I know how we got on it. I was starting to talk about Ray almost killing Kylo. Oh, sure. With force and, healing. And yeah, in yeah. a preamble, I was talking about force healing, but, but that's another moment of like, it has this big impact we think for a second that she killed him maybe. Yep. 
Um, I mean, really, did, did it's really like halfway think? through the movie, and it's Kylo Ren. So and I she did, already I healed a snake. So yeah, yeah. So I didn't really think she killed him, but, um, but I don't know. I mean, like, I do think. Well, put it this way, um, it had for a moment there, it had a big impact, and Leia did die as a result, right? Yeah, but that didn't feel like a choice, right? It felt like they're they were the, painted into a corner at, at yeah at sort of like ending. Leia's storyline right. in this cleanest way they could. Um, but at the very least, what I think should have happened or should have been a part of that is they say that the force healing involves like transferring life force and like it takes something from you. Yeah. But the movie never shows that except at the very end when Kylo heals her and then he dies. Yeah. But like, it didn't seem to cost her anything to heal the snake. Right. And it didn't seem to cost her anything to heal Kylo. Right. It, either in that scene or in the last scene. Right. Or I guess, no, wait, she doesn't heal Kylo in the last scene. So, right. but basically the snake or, or him, I think if, if we could have, if the movie could have somehow portrayed that, that was like a great sacrifice on her part to, to, to bring him back. Right. Just, just just that something would be lost as a result right. of her like <laughs> come to think of it, this is there's like this is the second example of this in the movie where it feels like Ray succumbing like giving into the dark side at least a little bit mm-hmm. in the chewy scene and in the fight with Kylo. Yeah. Result in like her kind of losing control or doing something that's like not like her. Yeah. You know? And you're like, oh no. Like, Ray just stabbed Kylo, right. you know? That seems like a dark side thing to do. Yeah. And then it's like, wait, 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 hit the undo button. Right. You know, I can fix it. Right. So I think both are squandered opportunities of yeah. showing consequences yeah. for Ray not being fully in control. Right. Or, like, they could have even done the exact same thing with C-3PO, right? Mm-hmm. And if he's, like, taking one last look at my friends, and she's like, whatever, die, right? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... She could have been like, I don't care about you. I just want the thing right, that I right. want. Like, like if she had reacted that way right. and the and other characters were like, Ray, it's C-3PO. You know, right. like if, if, if that's always a good way to sort of present that a character is kind of like losing it. Yeah. yeah, yeah going a little out of control is when you get the reaction shots, you know, of the other right. people. Um, but no, they were all fine. with That's that. the thing is like they could have, they had multiple opportunities in this movie to like show her like succumbing to the dark side or like yeah. seeing the appeal of it. Right. And instead they're like, we can literally undo all of the things that like were made to be, you know, potentially problematic about Ray's like path in yeah. these moments. Right. Um, so, so at any rate, yeah, these are all various things that I would probably have handled differently to, okay. to make the ending that much more impactful. What else would you fix about the movie? Or what did you do to fix the movie, I should say? More BB-8. More BB-8? All right. He's great. He is. He's one of the most beloved elements of The Force He's Awakens, I think. Sweet little dude. I don't think you need a new droid. That's fine. Like, what did that... Each movie tries to introduce its own new, like, cute thing. Last Jedi had Porgs. I do think of the three of them, though. BB-8 is, like, gonna be the one that stands the test of time the most. Yes. 
he's he is, is almost r2d2 levels yes i mean actually i mean he might be like above r2d2 levels just in terms of how far merchandise and things have come right since the original star wars yeah he's just a far more like mobile dynamic droid than r2d2 yeah. yeah more expressive um he can sort of bounce around and shake and stuff right and i just feel like for example like he's ray's first friend mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. he's the like do i'm calling him he <laughs> like uh whatever yeah but like do something with him like they have a relationship he's the person who basically because they ran into each other she ended up in this whole mess Mm -hmm. right like use that like use the fact that he's the thing that ultimately that's who's a memory they should have erased is (laughs) bb8s right like and that would have been devastating like because she would have been betraying like in some ways like her first friend so basically, right. another droids, just not not C three P. R two D two is BB eight. Erasing his memory is unimportant. Then si- find somebody for whom it is important, right? Mm-hmm. And do it to them, right? Not that you need to do this. The whole thing about like I can't translate. Yeah, this language that, that bothered me a little. Can you do about charades <laughs> about like what it means? I right, think, like I think the idea what does it rhyme a, with that a character knows something and we're not going to try to figure out creative ways right. of getting them to share that information. Use a metaphor. I'm just like, are none of these characters like outside the box thinkers? Like there are ways to get that. Well, information that's the thing about like, if you <laughs> in the moment of watching a movie can like clearly think of 10 better options and what mm-hmm. they choose. And it's like not well-written right to your point. Like if a movie you later are thinking back on it, like, hours oh, wait, or, hours or days a, yeah, later like yeah. wait why didn't they do blah 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 right but in the moment you don't care it's like what matters is what you felt in that moment I yeah, think. yeah more yeah. so than what you feel like a week later right but if in the moment you're like this is a bad idea why wait are you all insane well like, i think it's like the contrast from it, it was like it was not necessarily like oh they should be thinking of like other questions they could ask him to get at the right answer it, it wasn't like so much the the details of how do you get this information out of this guy? But it's more like the alternative is they have to go on these like dangerous missions. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, hold on before we like get in the ship and go to this other place and like face like enemies that are going to try to kill us. Yeah. Can we spend at least like 10 minutes trying to talk around like, yeah. Okay. You can't translate it, but like, can we ask you yes or no questions? Can we narrow it down? Right. How about we like get a map out and we start pointing to things <laughs> and you like, you like nod or shake your head, you know? Right. Um, but they don't try anything. They just are like, okay, he tra- can't translate it. So even though he told us that he knows it and he understands and he knows exactly where right. the thing is, yeah. let's go on this dangerous mission where we might die. Well, it's just like, the, I, and that's where I feel like the whole thing is built on a really like kind of silly premise, like to your point. So, well, uh, I think other as far beyond the things we already touched on the fix the movie. Well, I mean, I think we also both felt that there's just a lot of like action scenes with no stakes that aren't like yeah. that thrilling and stuff. Yeah. So, um, that I'll just kind of give a blanket. Like, yeah, the action scenes were sort of just kind of mediocre. Yeah. Um, so I'd f- do more creative stuff with those, but that's a very vague yeah. way of fixing the movie. I think, Beyond the things in this movie, there's also stuff that kind of, this is maybe outside the spirit of the exercise, but 
I feel like you almost need to go outside this movie to fix it for some of the things like the Palpatine thing yeah, is an example of just like, I'm fine with you bringing in Palpatine if you've sort of set that up. Yeah. You right. know, but, but you should have done that. But to fix this movie, you would need to change force awakens and last Jedi yeah. to sort of set that up in some way. Yep. That, sh- that Palpatine exists, that she is his granddaughter, that he's going to matter. Yeah. You know, it's really iffy to introduce a the, character. The big bad. At yeah. The very end. In the third one, it just, uh, it's, you know, yeah. it's, I mean, it's frankly, it's like the same mistake that, um, Spectre made, you know, James, the James Bond movie. Didn't see it. Oh, you didn't see it. Well, but did you see the trailer even? Maybe. Because, because even in the trailer, they have, uh, what's his name? Christoph Waltz's character being like, I am the architect of all of your pain or okay. something like that. Yeah. And so they have to, they try to make it like, I've the, I'm the one who's been pulling the strings behind right. the scenes all this time. And you're like, but you just never indicated that that could possibly be the case. Right. You're just saying it now. Right. You know, like, and so in this movie, when he's like, I created Snoke right. and I have been the one behind all this, you're like, no, you weren't. You right. know, that that's not believable. Right. Um, I mean, it's or fine. Just, or it just retroactively makes the pre- preceding stuff less satisfying. Right? Yeah, I mean, inevitably, when you introduce this third, you know, this 11th hour, like, new development, and you claim that it is, like, the real root cause of everything that came before. Right. If that wasn't the plan all along, which it definitely wasn't. Right. Then when you go back and you sort of try to, like, scrutinize that it just falls apart right you know characters do things and say things and things happen in the plot where you're like that doesn't make sense if palpatine was pulling the strings yeah you know i don't i don't like i haven't rewatched force awakens and last jedi to sort of like give examples but i just know it right (laughs) i just know that it doesn't hold like snoke for example yeah there's no way it holds up that palpatine created him and and so, like, then he trained well, Kylo Ren. And- well, I mean, even if you give it the most generous possible interpretation and you believe that the plot is totally plausible, right? Like, the movie does it in such an unsatisfying way that it's sort of like, who cares? Yeah. Right? Like, even if I believe, like, oh, yeah, it makes sense that Palpatine would have, like, you know, incepted Snoke and he's a meat puppet that Mm -hmm. Palpatine is able to control, right? Like the movie did such a bad job of make, of setting any of that up in a way that, that pays that this movie pays that off. Right. That you're like, even if this did make sense, I don't care. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just feel like I, I get what you're saying. I think, I think to give one example of, of, a thing that just even in broad strokes would have needed to be different is like nothing in the previous movies gives any indication that anyone is looking for Ray, that anyone is seeking out Ray. Right. She kind of gets like unwittingly pulled into this stuff. And then like Kylo is surprised to discover that she has force powers. But like, but according to Palpatine in this movie, it's like he always wanted her to come to him. And you're like, no one ever right. was looking for it. I'm eye rolling right now. Um, yeah, I mean that's what makes the line in Rise of uh, or in Last Jedi so powerful, where he's like, "You're nothing in this story." Yeah, 
yeah, right? Because yeah. that that feels so true, mm-hmm. right? It's like you don't belong in this story of Skywalkers and Solos and Palpatines and whatever else. Like you yeah. are this interloper, right? Which is why this story is so exhilarating. And for them to say like it was, you know, it was a Palpatine the whole time and he was looking for you the whole time. It's like not only is that like not believable and not satisfying, but it also like eliminates what was potentially powerful about the last movie. Yeah. I just feel like any sort of plot development that uses the sentence structure, it was blank the whole time, <laughs> like, is, like... You Not should, promising. It's just never a good idea, right? Yeah. Because if it's, if it's the same, like, format uh, of it was a dream the whole time, right, it's, like, this is about as satisfying as that, right? Just about, yeah. All right, well, I I... I think I jinxed us at the start of this by saying this is going to be a quick one. Yeah. It's probably, this is probably the longest one we've done in a long time of all, maybe not as long as Roma. I'm not sure. Anyway, we should probably get on to the end. Sure. We've covered all the big things. We talked about what we expected going in. We talked about the best parts, the worst parts. Uh, what do you think? Are we going to beam this up? No. No. No, we would both say no. We addressed at the beginning that we maybe no. are obligated to I mean, anyway, I think, but I, based on the strength of the movie, we would I not. think our hardworking astronaut will have a better time at the movies with other things that we could send him this year. Yeah, but right? it's 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 kind of like, I mean, in the same way that if I didn't see this movie, even if everybody was like, trust us, it's terrible, I'd be like, well, I have to see it, though. Right. You know? And and I think it's fair that that's how the astronaut would feel. Like if we sent up a bunch of different movies, there was no Star Wars Episode Nine, yeah. and we were just like, "Trust us, it wasn't that good." Right? He'd be like, "I don't care. Yeah, right. I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> Send it to me." Right? You know? Right? Which would be fair. That's how I would feel. Yeah, yeah. If everybody's like, "Trust us, you didn't miss anything," right. I'll be does like, this movie, "I decide." Does this if movie I deserve anything. to gobble up that precious internet bandwidth? That beam? No. That, you know. Flutters through space? No. No, it doesn't. Are we probably going to put it in the upload machine anyway and just say, like, just, you know. There you go. Yeah, we know you want it. Have a good time at the movies. We hope you like it, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, clearly I I did like it more than you did, but um, I obviously also had plenty of gripes. Uh, I have one more fix the movie. Okay, let's hear it. More when they blow up a bad guy, like mm-hmm. in, in on the Millennium Falcon and they're shooting bad guys, mm-hmm. they shouldn't say like things like, yeah, or woo. They, oh, should, yeah. they should say, they should like be doing quippy things about how the ship is breaking. Right. Like I'm and I didn't really realize this until I rewatched it recently. The entirety of the empire strikes back. They can't get the hyperdrive to work. Mm. Like <laughs> that's like a running thing throughout the entire uh-huh. movie is like, we cannot get the ship to get into hyperspace. What is going on? Nice. Right. Uh, and it's just sort of like I want more of that. I yeah, want like things going I want them sniping at each other. I want things going wrong, right? Because when it's just like, yeah, we did it. We're so awesome. It's like this is not yeah. fun, right? Yeah. Okay, all right. Sorry. So, an all example right. of them commenting what should what went wrong is an example of what went wrong <laughs> in the movie. Okay. So it's, we wouldn't beam it up. We probably actually will beam it up though. Yep. Because of moral obligations to our astronauts. Yeah, that's just how it goes sometimes. Yep. All right, so that's our that's our hour and 40-minute <laughs> discussion of Rise of Skywalker. You needed this. You needed this, listener. Right. Uh, I'm, we're going to end it here. I am Dan. I'm Adam. Bye. Goodbye, everybody.